My name is Kevin Petrella, and I'm here to erase Edgar Wright from my life. My name is Kevin Petrella, and I'm here to erase Edgar Wright from my life. My name is Kevin Petrella, and I'm here to erase Edgar Wright from my life. My name is Kevin Petrella, and I'm here to erase Edgar Wright from my life. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> um, so I think we should do. Jesus, dude. I think we should do a Halloween episode. You know, focus on practical effects. Uh, do you have any good movie ideas that you'd like? Yeah, you know, I was thinking, uh, so a good movie with both comedy, because I love comedies, and practical effects would be like Shaun of the Dead. It's fantastic. <laughs> Fuck. Be like Shaun of the Dead. Fantastic. Fucking movie. Dude. Fantastic. You, you have to stop with the huts. Yeah, we're going to but it's you, so you have to get good. him out of your head somehow, man. Fucking focus on something else. We already talked about oh my God. three of his goddamn movies in oh our God. fucking sound editing episode. Man, you gotta get Edgar right out of your head. Uh, all right, I, I guess. I'll, I'll try, I guess. I don't know. All right. all right. I was thinking we could talk about The Thing, because that has some of the most amazing practical effects I've ever seen. My name is Kevin Petrella, and I'm here to erase Edgar Wright from my life. Just so I can target the memories better, I need to know why you want Edgar Wright deleted. Edgar Wright deleted. Edgar Wright deleted. So for one, it's it's really affecting my podcasting. My brother and I, we have this cast, and we're trying to come up with ideas, and all I can think about is Edgar Wright films. It's driving me insane, and and, and he's getting super pissed. And just the other day, I was at a restaurant, and the guy asked if I wanted a side of peas and rice. I mean, he must have noticed me from the old Bitmoji logo we had for our podcast, and he asked me if I wanted peas and rice. That's that's totally from the special features in Hot Fuzz. And then, I was in a movie rental place. I, I know, probably shouldn't be in a movie rental place nowadays, but... But I asked the person at the front desk what comedy the movie they would recommend, and they literally said, You ain't seen Bad Boys 2? I mean, you ain't seen Bad Boys 2? That's a line directly from Hot Fuzz. That guy must have recognized me too. It's just, it's now affecting my life, and I'm... I'm I am going crazy. I, I need... These memories erased. I can't handle it anymore. Oh my god, I love this part. No, no, seriously, seriously Mary. <laughs> and here comes the transition. Oh my god, it's amazing. Oh my god, this is one of my favorite scenes. I don't want this anymore. I want to call it off.
Hey everybody and welcome to Formula Film. Formerly the Real Brothers. We are the clones of Kevin and Steven. We are. And we are back as the Formula Film. The other dudes are dead. We've already established this, but I'm just reestablishing it for people who maybe didn't know. If you didn't know, listen to our last episode. Yeah. Then you'll cinematic intro there's a cinematic intro (laughs) two people die it's pretty sad we're not saying who died we already did (laughs) (laughs) but anyways yeah i'm steve and i'm joined by my brother kevin hi and in this episode we're going to talk about (laughs) cold and film and uh we're going to focus on one film in general which would be Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Amazing film. Which... Amazing. It is an amazing film, and it's a film that, you know, I've watched probably 15 times, and it's one film that I never analyzed the use of cold in it and why they would have chosen that. So it was really interesting to go back and discover that and watch it and kind of have aha moments of like, wow. You know, they. I completely there's agree. There's a reason. I was completely and utterly flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't use that word lightly because it's an amazing word. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I generally don't watch movies and think of like the deep meanings in them. And we just, I think when we were discussing doing this episode, we just randomly talked about cold cause it's December and it's a little cold outside. And we just kind of came to eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Cause we both enjoyed the movie thoroughly. We've seen it before and we know, knew it was like in a colder setting. Uh, but we, I don't think either of us really had evaluated the movie before and been like, oh, yeah, cold really means something else. I don't think yeah. I, either of us said that. So. No, I never, you know, it's it's one of my favorite films, and I never yeah. analyzed it in that way. I, I really, for the most part, just liked it for its stunning visuals and the way it told a love story in such a interesting way, in such a original way. Right. Um which is and also very well done. Oh, even yeah, just on that level of just a, a technical of technical proficiency in film, it's just well done. It's pretty much all practical effects, and it's just the way that they did it is just so good. And yeah, yeah, I agree. So before we begin, I need to, as usual, I tell a little bit of anecdote, anecdotes, anecdotes, um, and. Recently, so it was so fucking cold out, and this is kind of to follow the theme of cold. I walked outside, and my door wouldn't unlock. And so I stuffed my key in the door, and I'm sitting there jiggling the key, and the key just exploded into a million pieces. Oh, really? (laughs) And, (laughs) And I couldn't open the door. And it was the most embarrassing thing because I'm sitting here trying to jiggle open this fucking car door and this lady's watching me and it looks like I'm trying to steal the car, but I'm just not doing a good job of it. So I'm surprised she didn't call the cops. She must have just thought I was a dumbass. And I also had this pile of key in my hand. 
<laughs> but it was it was a very bad situation. Then I got into the car, and turns out you just having the nub of the key, which is all I had, does not start the car properly. You actually there's like a device inside your key uh, that you have to have touching the key or touching some portion of the starter to actually get the car started. So that took me a while to figure out, but eventually I got the car started, and now I have a new key, but that was a pain in the ass, and it was all because of this fucking cold weather, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being a guy with a beard (laughs) in cold weather, uh, my beard freezes a lot. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't have that same thing. Mine's shorter. Uh, must be with long beards. What do you, how, how does that happen? Does is it the snow? Is it spittle yeah, coming it, down your? It's face? probably spittle. You know, <laughs> as a as a you know adult baby, mm. you know spittle. Is, <laughs> for some reason, you know, just decides to drool in those moments while I'm walking in the cold and then my beard freezes no it's Ever- usually like if you're going to work in the morning and you took a shower or something and you didn't oh. like you took a shower like right before you le- you're about yeah. to leave that and you go sense. out and you walk out and it's just like and you can feel it and it just sucks it kind of feels that seems nice like a little blanket over your face it's a blanket but when it gets frozen it's a fucking <laughs> cold blanket an ice blanket yeah it's a yeah it's a blanket of snow it's like hey so put that, put that cold ass blanket over me so you also work in an office right and uh during this time of year, I've noticed a, a, a subtle thing. And because we talk about subtle things in this show uh, or this podcast, um, I wanted to kind of mention it because I was just noticing this during this winter. I've noticed it before, but I noticed it a lot more. So people during this time of year get sick a lot more. So you hear coughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you notice this at your job, like you oh, hear yeah, people coughing. Time. Do yeah. you... Can you pinpoint specific people in your office? You're like, oh, that's Joe's cough right there. A, that's a cougher. <laughs> no, that, you, you know, for you me, can... I like I work in an, a weird location, so we're kind of like I work in a small team of four people, and we're kind of secluded into a corner. But there's like a down the hall. There's all the salespeople, right? And they're just coughing up a fucking storm over there. <laughs> well, so luckily, we're in our little secluded world. We can, like, shut the door and be like, all right, sales, just cough in each other's faces. You know, get each other sick. We're, over, we're back here. <clears throat> but you can just tell. I mean, there's always, there's always that one cough where you're just like, all right, come on, dude. <laughs> it's true. They're very similar to sneezes, like that person yeah. who sneezes like a hundred thousand yeah. times. Well, they just sneeze overly loud. It's like, all right, come on. You're, <laughs> like, you're yeah. in an office, and you, you, to an extent, I understand that there's going to be noise, but you can control the level of it a little bit. Sometimes you can't. I even if I'm at home, I sneeze like a son of a bitch. Well, when really I'm at loud. home, I sneeze louder because I just want to get it out. But and I do I'm, it. When I'm like in a, a public freaking... area, I try to sneeze a little bit lower so I'm not, like, startling other people or, you know, taking them out of their work because some asshole is like, <laughs> I think <laughs> you know? I think the best way to sneeze is like a tribal warrior call. 
That is the best way to sneeze. Oh yeah, like ha 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 Yeah, you like you have like Fantastic. a little beat to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's I the mean, way you do it. So when you're at work it's probably not the best way to do it. But if I saw someone like walking down the street and that's how they sneezed, I I I'd like it. I think it was pretty good. So I, I do want to mention one other thing. So do you remember when you were growing up, when we were both growing up, when you went to church and it was completely silent, we had two people in our family who would cough, <laughs> okay, always yeah. cough. And one was our dad, and he has a very distinct cough. His is, <laughs> and he'll mm-hmm. be just like, it's like he's really got something stuck in his throat and he's just trying to spew it out. But the most interesting cough I've ever encountered in my entire life is my grandpa's cough, uh, our grandpa's cough. Um, he would – I can't even replicate it. I don't – do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it kind of went like <clears> – No, it was more like <clears throat> – Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like this like gurgle from the throat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was a cough, more of a getting something out of your throat. But he did that thing where <laughs> <laughs> it's like a clown, like a like a scary clown, gig. and it, it was, was like he would do it at the most silent moment. Yeah, like all right, what the hell, man? You're a grown ass dude. Like I'm eight years old, and I'm thinking that like, dude, you're a grown ass man. We're in church. <laughs> I will have to say it was one of my most favorite moments. Oh, I loved it. It was amazing. I I loved it. Because I think he did it on purpose, too, because that's just the kind of guy he was. Yeah, he probably did. He was a jokester. He was a jokester, um, and he didn't give a fuck. But just keep that in mind when you're listening to specific people's sounds of their voice or coughs. Just try to pick that up and try to figure it out. Play like a little game. Try to figure out who does that cough belong to. I just wanted mm-hmm. to say that real quick. There was one. It might not have been him, but there was someone who at church always went. <clears throat> See, you remember that? No, I uh, yes, yes, I do. There was like, it must have been some random dude somewhere else, and he would just go. <laughs> 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 and it sounded the, sounded the same every time, and I wonder who that guy was. So <laughs> if, <laughs> that's if, like burned in my head. <laughs> If any of our listeners can recall who that person yes. Steve is thinking about is, please email us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> email us at uh, realbrothersfilm at gmail.com. Beautiful. R-E-E-L. Spell real. Because <laughs> it's not our name anymore, so you might not know. Yes. But yeah, email it if you think you might know or if you have some funny little cough stories that you want to tell us. Exactly. Just write it in an email. So give us a little laugh. Back to what the show's about. <laughs> this <laughs> this uh, film known as the Eternal Sunshine on Spotless Mind, uh, and about the cold in the film. So the first thing. So I just watched the movie last night, um, and the first thing Hold I up. noticed. Ooh, yeah, I just want to say like the the cast and the director. And oh yes, please. Because I think we means. should give just give credit. I agree. Um, so I think it's released. Date, yeah, it was released in two thousand four, and it was uh, directed by uh, 
it's either Michelle or Michael Gondry. I think it's Michael, but I'm not sure. Um, and it was written by Charlie Kaufman, who is a really well-known uh, writer, and he's written a lot of weird shit, a lot of a lot of good stuff, really good stuff. Um, and it's starring Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, Kirsten Dunst, Mark Ruffalo, Elijah Wood, and Tom Wilkinson. So it's a fucking amazing cast. Like, oh, just a yeah. really good cast. And I think amazing. it's like at the height of Jim Carrey's career of being a good actor. I would like, definitely just, say that. I mean, I think I actually think Jim Carrey probably would still be a good actor, but it's just the roles that he chose mm-hmm. and he hasn't he hasn't acted a lot lately, so it's hard to judge. But yeah, I think this was like one of the height of his career when he was maybe it was toward the end of his like stint as being a really serious good actor where he did like Truman show and stuff like that. Right. Um, Those where were great. He was just amazing. He, I mean, he has his little quirks of funniness, but right. his dramatic acting is amazing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone, everyone was really good, but yeah, so that's, that's the cast and that's just wanted to give it a little, give them a little shout out. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, one thing I did not realize when I was watching this movie again that that was Mark Ruffalo because yeah, uh, I just I don't know I didn't it was pretty early him in his all. career yeah yeah so that was, it was one of the I think it was one of the first big movies that he really starred in yeah and he was great in this <laughs> and movie and he was too. really good yeah 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 I I I don't think I had ever really seen him in anything else that was this early but yeah mm-hmm. it was it was good pretty young cast too as far as. Um, yeah, it was Kirsten Dunst and Elijah Wood. They were kind of, and Mark Ruffalo. I think it was early in all of their, I mean, Kirsten Dunst was around for a long time. Like, she right. was acting as a child, you know. Right. And oh, Eli- yeah. So was a Elijah, lot of them were, Elijah yeah. Wood, but they were still <laughs> young. You know, they were still, you know, probably early to mid-20s right. when, they, when they did that. I don't know how old Mark Ruffalo is. He might have been a little bit older, but. Um, True. Elijah Wood and Kirsten Dunst were. And Kate Winslet, I think, is not wasn't too old in the film either. No, yeah, no, she looked pretty young. But um, all right, so back to cold. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the things I noticed, and I wouldn't have noticed this unless we were talking about cold, was one of the beginning lines, if not the beginning line, I can't remember. I wrote it down. Is uh, uh, Joel the main character? character played by Jim Carrey mm-hmm. is monologuing a little bit in the background and he just says it's freezing on this beach that's like the first thing he says yeah as he's walking the and beach he says Montauk in February why did I come here basically exactly and it's 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 interesting that they chose those lines to start with because it kind of sets the whole setting of this movie which is in this very cold place with a nice beach. Montauk, I think, is known for its beach, as I was looking it up earlier. Um, And he goes to this place in February, a cold month, when you would think you would go uh, during, um, like, the summer because it's a beach, so you don't usually go to beaches in the winter. But um, it's interesting that they chose this setting because of all the things that we're going to talk about very soon. Yeah. one of the things I feel, especially in the beginning, is he seems extremely lost. <laughs> and because 
uh, obviously this movie is about is about the erasing of his mind so he is always kind of lost in the movie anyways um but i feel like the the cold weather itself represents a feeling of lost um like uh, like uh abandoned type of thing emptiness and that is yeah. a lot of the a lot of what um, this film is trying I, to reflect because <clears throat> of of him erasing these yeah. memories and becoming more empty. I think, I think it's really interesting because I actually think it's used in different ways in in scenes to represent different things. I agree. That's because I, I think there's a time where it is like it means like depression and not understanding yourself or understanding what the fuck you're doing on this planet and like why right. you're here. A lot of it, yeah, I think a lot of it is just, like, just, yeah, being afraid of life and afraid of living and afraid of pain and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But well, I think, actually, I think on the moment when he's on the beach mm-hmm. and it's snow, because it, it's not really snowing yet, but then when he he's walking on the beach and he sees Clementine, who's also there, who mm-hmm. is played by Kate Winslet, um, it is, it's snowing a little bit. And I think in that moment, the snow means a new beginning hmm. and kind of like, cause he sees her for the first time, you know, well, not really for the first time, but for the first time now, and he sees her and it's snowing. And I think it's like a cleansing of the past and a new beginning of this loop, I guess I would say, of time that he's about to jump into. That's interesting. I also thought maybe it was like, because I was feeling at that moment he seemed very confused, and the snow was like she was almost like a blur in the distance because he had a very vague memory of her because of having her erased in the past but that's the good thing too is i think it could also in that even in that same moment i think it could also be that as well Mm -hmm. i think it could be all of those things it could be his depression it could be this blur and this haze of life and it can also be a new beginning for him because he does have this blur and this haze of life since he doesn't remember anything he's like oh he looks through his journal and he's like well it appears I haven't written in this in two years, you know? So it's like this, like, what the fuck is going on? I don't kind of trying to understand, like, why did I come to Montauk on this day? Like, why did I all of a sudden have this urge just to, to cut work and run to Montauk? And, you know, which is just... interesting because, uh, actually, now that you're mentioning that, it could be because he's questioning, why am I here in February? Maybe he is going to Montauk in February because it's familiar as well. Because the cold is a familiar time that he is revisiting. That that's the big reason why. Yeah, I never, I never, I didn't even really pay attention to that, which is that's interesting. Well, I think, like to me, if you like, we're we're obviously going to spoil Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. So if you have not seen it. You should watch it. It is streaming on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. So if you have Netflix, go watch it right now. Just stop this podcast and go watch it because I don't right. 
Like, I think it's a movie that shouldn't be spoiled because, in my opinion, it's the best romance movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think just mm-hmm. original, well, the best modern rom- romance movie ever made. It's just very original, so just go watch it. But um, I think it ties in with the end. Hmm. Yeah, it ties in with the that. end and what happens, and I don't want to get there yet because I think there's more that we have to talk about before. We yeah, get yeah. To the end. I but agree. I think it ties in with the end. Well, when we get to the end, I'll tell you why I believe it ties in with the end. Um, okay. But yeah, so, there's just a lot. Like I just think it means so much, and I never yeah. really looked at it that way when I watched it. I never really thought, oh, why is it snowing on the beach? Because then. When you when you're trying to look at it as like okay, I want to see when it's snowing and when it's cold or or whatever, you see the scenes that it wasn't snowing. As right. well, you know, you look right. at that and you just wonder the choices that were made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I agree. Yeah. So the other thing that I saw, at least in the beginning, is he is extremely lonely. I mean, he mentions, hey, maybe I should get back with Naomi, who Naomi is his previous girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he mentions her a few times. And uh, actually, a fun fact about that is um, in the deleted scenes, uh, apparently there's actually, it shows him hooking up with this Naomi mm-hmm. girl. Um, but they, they must have felt that it wasn't really needed or, or didn't pertain to anything. Um but he mentions her, so it's clear that he's lonely and wants to return to someone, even if even if they had already broken up or he had already broken up with her. Um, so to me, loneliness itself is like a cold emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel almost hopeless, and because you're alone, you are uh, cold yeah like you're like frozen. feeling cold you're by right. yourself you feel cold yeah you feel cold you feel empty you know you just feel they, like why like you feel frozen in a hole like why do i even exist right now you know like, exactly yeah and i think they they play to that pretty well in the beginning because um when he meets clementine they talk a, he he has her get into the car to get away from the cold and mm-hmm. it's like him finding warmth with um with Clementine and another key moment for him trying to find warmth and trying to escape his loneliness is one of the one of the scenes where it shows that uh when while he's his mind is getting erased one of the th- uh, the memories he wants to keep the most is one where they're under the covers and they're talking about a very intimate moment. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very important to him trying to escape his loneliness and making a real connection with someone and doing that while they are extremely warm under blankets. So I thought that yeah. was... Um, so we should just say... Kind of I guess we should just explain like the story a little bit. So basically, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what um, I mean. Joel and Clementine were dating, and at one point, Clementine, there's this technology that allows someone to delete their memories of something, and right. at one point, Clementine decides that she's going to delete Joel from her life. She doesn't want to remember him anymore, 
and then Joel finds out and then he decides that it's too painful for him to see a woman that doesn't rec- like she when he met her uh, when he saw her again she doesn't recognize him or care about him or whatever she's just like hey can I do something for you whatever you know and uh I think it just is so painful for him that he decides that I'm going to do the same. Right. <clears throat> um, so that kind of sets that up. And, and But I think, I'll, I'll just explain, as it goes on, Joel's like, in his brain, even though he can't do anything about it, he doesn't want it to happen anymore. Right. He realizes that even without her, the memories of her are really important. Right. So... Yeah, that's basically the story. Oh, yeah, it's really kind of a, a very sad story, just because he's trying to cling to as the as the story progresses. Uh, it shows these memories getting erased in a very creative way. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, cin- cinematically, very on point with how things are being erased, and it's interesting. Um, but he's trying to cling to these memories. Is it, in any way possible and he's mm-hmm. like moving moving memories around which is like a weird thing to do while some guy is trying to erase them and uh it, it's it's a really cool idea mm-hmm. yeah so uh, after that first scene what what do you have next like what are you <clears throat> so what scene do then you i um i say that they they have that scene where they walk on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's the next one that I had as well. Yeah, so w- one thing I thought was significant about the ice in general was that the ice is pretty – ice itself is kind of unstable, and their relationship as it was was extremely unstable. Uh, they they you, – you found moments where they were very connected – seemed like they loved each other very much um, but then there were moments where uh, they were kind of dead inside which actually also pertains to the cold a little bit mm-hmm. being dead a little bit um, and that ice even when they first started walking on the ice and slipping and all that kind of showed uh, an unstable relationship and almost a broken relationship which is shown slightly after that uh, where they are laying on the ice and there's like a crack right next to them, which to me, I, it may have meant nothing, but to me it sort of meant they had sort of some sort of broken relationship, which was very true throughout the movie. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what I think. I, mm-hmm. I actually like. I think that you're onto something, but I think it's in a different way of what I think. I think the crack is an imperfection. And I think it's the understanding that relationships are never going to be perfect. There's always going to be issues. You're always going to fight. You're always, there's always like, it's not going to be, you you have to live moment to moment. And it's like, okay. And I think that that's what the frozen lake represents for them for her and Joel because like the moments when they're on the frozen lake are very beautiful moments. So I think it, I think the lake represents not an unstable relationship, but it represents 
it's just that representation of this is scary and relationships are fucking scary and walking it. You can walk on ice and you can slip, you can fall down, you can fucking break your tailbone and it's going to hurt like hell. But Mm -hmm. she, like she, and I think they did, I think there was a purpose to her falling and hitting her ass. Yeah. And she gets like right back up, you know? And I think that that was like meaning to the relationship of like, she got right back up and she wanted to like go back, with him you know even though she hurt herself and she's like oh my ass you know but she still wanted to be there with him and i think it just to me because joel is like when they go out on the ice he's like shit man that it's scary he's like i don't what if it breaks and she's like it's not gonna break it's so strong and um i think joel in that moment is because this is after they both had their mind erased the first time you see them go on the ice and uh i think joel in that moment is leery because there's something faint in his head that's like this is familiar right and this is scary and i don't know if i want like he wants to be with somebody but he doesn't he knows that being with somebody is painful and scary Mm. and it can break at any moment you can walk onto the ice and you can fall right through and die right which is like a relationship at any moment that you walk any moment you do something something can happen and destroy your relationship or like a crack in the ice it can be an imperfection but it can also build your relationship like a fight can build your relationship you know like there i think there's just a lot of a lot of meaning like i do think it could mean a disjointed relationship Right. But it can also mean that, hey, that's dis- that's normal. Like, that's just a relationship in general. Like, you're going to have amazing moments and you're going to have some terrible moments. And it's just like, hmm. if you can get through those terrible moments and still look at someone and love them, that's when you know your relationship is going to last, you know? And that cl- <clears throat> kind of plays to the movie overall pretty well. Um <clears throat> Because as he's replaying all the memories um, that are being erased, he is seeing all of these like amazing memories that he has, and also all of these terrible, terrible memory, yeah. memories that he has that he <clears throat> would almost rather forget. But but it shows how much of a loving relationship under the covers they actually had despite all of the terrible moments that they may have had so i i think that 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 does sound also right but it could be it could be a little bit of both as well yeah just no because, i think it could just be a because bit both. both both items are pretty pretty true you know the, what the I, story of their love the more i watch eternal sunshine of the spot of a spotless mind i think the more it is very like how you feel in the moment that you watch it because you could watch it after a breakup and you could be like, this movie is bleak and depressing. Right. Or you could watch it while you're discovering things and be like, this is beautiful moment of self discovery and realization of, of like all these moments in my life. Maybe they're embarrassing. Maybe they're bad. They actually meant something and they built me into the person that I am. So right. I think there's just a mood in the film, and I think they did that on purpose. I actually think that they they meant to have it bo- feel both ways because that's how relationships can be. 
Like you can have a terrible relationship with someone and grow from it, but still want to forget it and just be like, all right, that I don't want that ever again. Get it out of my mind, you know, or you can have a relationships with someone that has terrible moments, but you grow and you still love them. So I think it just, I think the, just the way that they made the movie just is perfect for relationships. And that's why I think it's one of the best relationship romance movies because it works on so many levels of it like does. of feeling and of relationships and of failed relationships and of successful relationships. Right. And, and it is interesting because they even have another um, kind of uh, set of lovers that, fall in love with each other again after they've erased. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting that they, they have that. So, um, yeah, I think it also plays with loops and stuff like that. And just like, Hey man, right. This is, this is what your brain is. Your brain is, this is what it wants, you know, and you can't stop it. Um, exactly. But yeah, I guess we'll not talk too much about that because then we'll stray away from cold. Yeah, 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 exactly. So one of the other big things I noticed um, throughout the movie, or I at least I thought, was um, everyone in the movie is sort of tense, um, and they go through f- uh, through fluctuations of bad moods and stuff, um, especially Clementine. Um, I mean, Joel also does. He he goes through his bad moods as well. Um, but I I attribute the cold weather as being sort of a lot of people tend to be a little bit more miserable in the winter in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like just that, that setting itself helped reflect the ups and downs of how people actually feel in the winter itself. Yeah. And that is exactly, uh, how their relationship was reflected was there's a lot of ups and downs going on and Mm -hmm. they're just miserable some of the time. And that's just how you feel in the winter. Sometimes you're just miserable because it's fucking cold. Yeah. You're just like, I don't want (laughs) to fucking go out there. It's so cold. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to do anything. And, uh, you find, you try to find warmth any way that you can and for her, here's another thing uh, that I, I felt like the cold um, attributed to was she was kind of an alcoholic. She drank a lot. Um, and alcohol is also related in a way to warmth. Um, and and it's, it was her uh, kind of struggle to get out of the cold and find warmth in any way that she could and alcohol was one thing that she turned to. So um, just being miserable because she was in the cold, she tr- was just trying to get out and find warmth mm-hmm. any way that she could, yeah. either through a relationship, random relationships, even with the uh, the one guy who st- steals panties. Oh, Elijah uh, Wood's character. Yeah, <laughs> Elijah Wood, the creepy Elijah Wood in this movie. <laughs> I stole her um, panties. <laughs> Um, but I mean, she's finding love anywhere that she can just to find some sort of warmth. And that's what I, I felt, uh, the, the setting of cold also helped was just showing her try to escape what was her current situation in any way that she could. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think a lot of it is trying to escape this cold feeling. Like we said, it's that depression, and it's just right. like sneaking up on you, and you want to escape it, but you, but nothing worked for her. Right. Like, she just can't escape it. She's She's kind of sick in a way of, like, she can't yes. be happy, you know, and it, and that's her personality and they even go they go and explain that that that's her personality that's how she is and they even say like she's or she even says herself i'm impulsive you know and maybe that's why in that moment i didn't maybe all around she didn't want to delete joel but in the moment she wanted to because she's so impulsive and she's like i don't like him in this moment i fucking can't stand him and i want him fucking deleted get rid of him right and I, I think you, you had mentioned something, which I had also written down um, what cold could also be attributed to uh, is the sickness. I, I think both of them had a little bit of a sickness. His his was more like a fear of a lot of things, mm-hmm. it seemed. He his, seemed to he, have a lot of fear. I think he just had a anything. fear of living and a fear of getting hurt. Right. He's a fear of putting which, himself out there and then getting hurt and – yeah, and he was afraid. Like he's like, "Why do I fall in love with every woman that shows me one little bit of attention?" But he was also like afraid to go talk to her, even though she was give- in the beginning. She's giving him this attention. He's like right. afraid to go talk to her. Right. And what I thought was interesting about that is, it, I mean, having that much fear as he sort of showed can be a sort of sickness in itself just being afraid of everything mm-hmm. can be a sort of sickness and her clearly her impulsiveness and her mood swings uh, also can attribute to some sort of sickness and when you think uh, like some sort of mental illness of some sort just like uh, not like a terrible mental illness but like um, mood swings I, I forget what it's called um, but uh, the cold itself, to me, also, like we were talking about earlier with coughing and stuff, um, <laughs> it, it, it's, <laughs> it's uh, related to sickness as well. And um, that also helped with the setting there. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody in that movie seemed to have some sort of sickness yeah. in their head. But I... They were very strange and... When you something wrong also when you were talking about um, like her, her, uh, Clementine's like impulsivity and uh, and Joel's fear, she, like Joel has the fear he doesn't want to go on that lake, but she still gets him to go out there. Right, and I think that's why. Like I think that that's why the, the lake is also pivotal because it just is so showing that their relationship is probably meant to be because she can get him to go out there. She can get him to not worry about that, to just go get on that lake and, you know, enjoy it with her. That's true. Um, Did you, did you see any moment where Joel also had, had done the same for her where she was trying to be impulsive, but he stopped her? I I I didn't see any. I can't think of any memory that they had. Um, I think where <clears throat> I think the bad memories and where Joel held her back and where his fear was is like. So when they're talking about 
uh, she's like, I want to have a baby, and he goes, right. no, you can't even take care of yourself, you know? And it's just these, like, in his fear of, like, oh, this girl can't even take care of herself and stuff like that, and this fear of bringing another life in and not, I don't know. Like, that's, and I think he does hold her back a little bit <clears throat> in those moments. Right. I think that's that's one of those moments, and he watches it. I think when he, I think when he's reliving that moment, um, it's a moment that he sees himself, I think, in is kind of disgusted in right. himself and the I way agree. that he reacted. Yep. Um, I agree. And which is a lot of moments that you see. It's, it's a lot of self-realization, which is are mo- terrible moments in our lives in general, where we can look back and remember them and be like, Hey, I did that. And I don't want to do that again. You know, I don't want to be that type of person. Um, right. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think all that stuff, you know, just, I think just the use of cold all coincides with, you know, the feelings of each character, of pretty much every character in the film. I I think I agree. Um, One of the other things I wrote down uh, that I thought was significant with the cold um, is just the darkness in general. While they're shutting off memories and stuff, sometimes there's just complete darkness. Mm-hmm. And when you think of darkness, you don't generally think, wow, it's warm and dark. No, you usually think it's cold and dark. And just the setting of cold helps emphasize the darkness that is happening, uh, the shutting off of the the random memories that are there and, and putting the, the characters in complete darkness. Um, and, and I thought the cold reflected that pretty well. Yeah. Another thing that I, I wanted to bring up and I think, well, I think we should kind of go to the end of the film. Yeah, I agree. Um, is I think snow does have a huge meaning. And I think, I think there's a, I think there is another meaning of the snow as like snowflakes are all different. And they're unpredictable and if you like if it lands on your skin it melts you know and it's just this every time like there's just a bunch of different ones that are landing and i think there's a lot of i think the idea of loops comes into play with this movie of like time just kind of time loops and living this time loop and i think a snowflake can kind of coincide with the time loop of they're all different and you keep reliving the same thing but it's a different moment you know like i think i don't know i think maybe i'm thinking too far into it but i think that might be like a thought that they had of like a snowflake is this kind of like precious thing and it you know it can melt away but they're all different and you know there's this cycle going on right cycle of snowflakes and they just keep reliving this like cycle Right. I could see that. I could totally see that. Because, I mean, it, it is a, like a unique cycle mm-hmm. that they're going through, which is like what you're saying. When you're watching endless snow fall, you're seeing a cycle of of new items just falling in front of your face. And, and it's just, it just seems endless. When you're standing in the snow, yeah. it seems endless. Um, you can't predict the end of the snow. So... 
that's exactly what they were seemingly alluding to with these loops like you were just mm-hmm. talking about. So I don't know how many loops they had gone through yeah, in the movie. Well, with the end, really they show. don't really say, like, oh, if they just kept looping, you know, if they kept erasing their mind and going back to each other. Um, right. So basically, at the end, they're back where they met, which is in Montauk, because he first meets her in Montauk um, when they first meet before they get their minds erased. And they go into this house that's not their house it's and joel's afraid and he didn't want to go in and he doesn't and he walks away he walks away and he doesn't want to go into that house um and it's like just a pivotal moment because she's in there the thought of her is in there and she's like why'd you walk away he's like i don't know i was afraid i was afraid of what would happen i was afraid of basically life and living and she's like what if you don't walk away this time you know and uh i think it's a memory i think that don't the her saying what if you don't walk away this time is him trying to hold on to that memory so he doesn't lose this one memory of her so he can go back there and then right. she and then she whispers, "Meet me in Montauk after he wakes up." And then that is what I think that's what brings him back to Montauk is that he altered that me- that one memory at the end. He changed it. Instead of walking away like his memory was, he stayed and waited with her until everything was erased. Right. I, so he couldn't. Find, they couldn't find that memory just they like he could, was hiding the other memory. Because he yeah. altered it because now it's a different memory. So there's still maybe a whisper of that memory in his brain, you know? Right. Because he changed what they did. So they couldn't completely erase this memory because it wasn't the same memory. Hmm. They were erasing his actual memory. But the memory that he created in the, in his own brain while they were deleting it is this different memory of him staying with her. And she says, "Meet me in." She Montauk. says, "Meet me in Montauk." As he's waking up, you can hear like he's waking up, and you see the the kind of like it f- goes into like a white, and then he wakes up. That's interesting. <clears throat> I cause the the reason it's interesting is because with the cold, I'm wondering because all she says is "Meet me in Montauk" and not like "Meet me in Montauk on in such and February. such day." And blah, but it was blah, the blah, next blah. day after his memory. Oh, it was the next day. Yeah. It's okay. right. I mean, it all, everything, basically, the, the, the entirety of that movie is pretty much a day of Joel's right. head, in Joel's head. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Which is really so, cool because it, that, like, that's, I think that's one of the cool things about that movie outside of where this is going to get a little bit outside of talking about cold, but it it does really like take place in a day but it feels like since there's so many different memories it feels like it's a lot longer you know it feels yeah. like this yeah 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 but it all it takes place is he's like i, I think it's a couple days where he finds out okay she got she erased me now i got to now i want to erase her and then it's all him being erased and then waking up right so it's really it's not like a very long period of time it's really only a couple days that the movie takes place so he's just instantly waking up, and then the next day he's like, well, I want to go to Montauk, you know, when he's going to work. Right. 
Um, yeah. No, that's interesting. But that, I, di- I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, yeah. So I that. Um, so the actual end of the movie is them running in the snow on Montauk, and then it keeps looping. Right. And I want to. I I want to get like. I don't know if you really thought about the meaning of that, but what do you think that means? Running through the snow and it looping? So, I mean, I would assume they're meeting each other over and over again, and they just keep erasing each other over and over again, and it just as endlessly, it keeps happening. Like, they they end up breaking up at the end, and they erase their mind and the same thing happens again and again and again. That's what I feel. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm guessing that's probably the general consensus. What do you think it means? I think, and like, like we were talking, like I was saying before, I think it's the mood that you're in. <laughs> I think it's the mood that you're in that makes you feel, well, for me, that, and in this moment, all hope was lost. There was no audio. Oh, wait, I think it's back. The mood, if, I think the mood would be, so, like, what you're saying is it's looping over again, and they're like, okay, this didn't work that out. We race each other, but we're still coming back, so they're living this loop, which I think is part of the film. I think that's a, that is a general idea. Right. Um. That it's looping and looping but i also think it's like them understanding that i think so if you're if you're in in the mood of like okay a relationship needs to build right and you need to work things out i think it's the understanding of all of the mistakes lead up to this point mm-hmm and we need those mistakes to build into this loop of happiness that we're going to have. So we need to keep building our mistakes. This is this loop of us being happy because it's their moment. This is their moment. That's why they meet, they meet in Montauk. They like the cold, right? She loves the cold. Like she actually does love the cold, even though me, I do think it means like, like sickness and I, like I think everything that we talked about I think it means it but she loves the cold and I think this it's this moment that they've captured and it's their happiest moment and it's that moment that you're going to hold on to forever hmm. and that's the moment you know it's this so it loops in your brain so when you think about like being with somebody there's usually a moment that you can grab onto and I think that that would be their moment is them on the beach of Montauk and running through the snow and laughing. And that's why it would loop over and over. But I also, I also agree that it could mean the loop of a relationship and the loop of there's a moment where you're just like pissed and you're like, fuck you, dude, right. I'm going to delete you out of my brain. Right. And you delete your brain and then you, and then you see him again. And obviously your, your head is attracted to a certain type of person. So you see them again and you're like, I think they're attractive and I like them. Right, exactly. So then you fall back in love and then you do it over again and you're like, fuck you. And then you delete and you do it. And I think there's merit to that. Like, so I think, I just think there's just a feel. Uh, that's why I think it is an amazing 
film because it works on different right. levels of romance. Right. It works on bad relationships and it works on good relationships. It works on, I think, middle of the road relationships. If you look at Mark Ruffalo's character and Kirsten Dunst's character, it's like they have some kind of like feeling for each other, but the spark isn't 100% there. Right. And, you know, it just works on all of these levels of creepy relationships of Elijah Wood stealing panties <laughs> and just being a creeper. Like, it just has all these different types of relationships, yeah. you know? It has Kirsten Dunst in love with an older man. It just, I don't know. I just think that's why it works so well is there just yeah, so many different levels of relationship in that film. Yeah, and I never thought of that, looking at it at different angles. And and I, I guess going back to the snow thing you were talking about, I, I would assume if you look at snow, like if you were to look at a snowflake at a different angle, it would look a little bit different. Or if you weren't paying attention to a specific snowflake, it it would be, you, you, you might be looking at a different snowflake someone else is looking at. And that, I mean, that's probably looking way deeper into the movie than it actually is, but... That sort of explains what you're yeah. saying, which is one person could watch the movie and see one particular thing, but another mm-hmm. person could see it and be looking at a completely different thing in the movie and see something different. Just like you would, one person could look at one snowflake and see one snowflake type, and another could be looking at a completely different one. You see a completely different thing, which. Yeah would be what the movie's actually like. I never I never knew that because I was I'm thinking of the movie in a specific way whenever I watch it. Um but I could definitely see all the points that you're making where um the the relationship could be completely different. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. So Yeah. On that note I think it's good to to wrap it up. And wrap it up and end our discussion of that I guess. But um, I wanted to mention that other movies, right? No, no. Yeah, yeah, we're going to mention that, but just wrap up our talk about Eternal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Um, so it's a phenomenal movie. If you didn't listen to Steve's uh, spiel in the beginning where you should watch it on Netflix, watch it, even though we just spoiled it for you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still, still good. Watch like it. we said, you might see a different snowflake, see a different movie. Very good. Yeah. See it in a different way. Exactly. Um, so what? some other things I've noticed are uh, in, in other movies um, it is one movie that we talked about recently uh, was The Thing. And obviously that has very heavy hints of cold. I mean, they're in a snowstorm. Uh, but mm-hmm. in that movie, I feel like the cold actually reflects fear, similar to this movie where fear was an element but in that movie it's more fear than anything uh and also the unknown like you're looking if you're looking over a vast ocean of either desert which is somehow similar to snow in certain ways just hot uh or if you're looking over a tundra where it's just endless it's kind of the unknown that you're looking into yeah and and the thing the unknown is extremely is. <laughs> is extremely yeah. prominent in that movie. Yeah, and and I mean and it's also isolation, isolation kind of well, as well. Which I think this this movie we just talked about is is also has isolation, isolation as yeah, well. I, I definitely I would agree with that. Yeah, 
Um, do you want to talk about a movie that you saw it in? Yeah, I mean, another movie that uses it well, much like The Thing, because it pays tribute to it, is another is The Hateful Eight. I wrote that too. Um, that that film, and I think the big thing is just that is isolation. Like it's just you're isolated, you're stuck. So you, you can't escape. With that movie, I also felt that um, it it kind of gives a setting to allow people to come together in one spot, which is what the movie was yeah. it, like prominent is that they came together in a specific you know, spot and having that cold backdrop gave them a reason to be yeah. in that one spot. I also think in both the thing and the hateful eight, it, uh, the cold and the snow is a reflection of madness and yeah. like just losing your fucking shit. Because, well, which isolation and stuff can cause, cause but I think Cabin being fever. cold and understanding, like, you're stuck with these fucking people that you don't know, or you're just like, you, you can't move, you're kind of frozen, it just, you start to madden, you just start to lose your brain and go down this, like, spiral, which is definitely, in each movie, the characters just fucking lose their minds. Oh, yeah, You know, definitely. and they just, like go down this spiral and they're both i mean obviously they're both who done it like what the fuck's going on here i don't know you got the thing in you i don't know who you guys are here in this cabin like they're both they they mirror mirror each other and the 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 cold is a really pivotal element of like why they're in the position that they're in hmm. interesting yeah i w- i would agree i i think that the cold itself does uh, in a way, represent madness because uh, cabin fever is like a real thing, and mm-hmm. people go mad over it. Um, the other thing, and now you're probably going to think it's a silly movie, but uh, so Star Wars Episode One in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Anakin just leaves Tatooine, right, and she they're in space and he mentions that it's cold in space and or she says space is cold he says he's cold but even though it's kind of a uh sillier movie um i think that was to reflect that he was leaving his mother and going into sort of down this dark path um because he was feeling cold and i i i feel like uh, space is the f- uh, or cold is the feeling of emptiness, like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, in that movie, uh, he Anakin was feeling an emptiness from leaving his mother, and and that's what yeah, that no, space I, actually. You meant. know, as bad as people say those movies are, it's still well the prequels at least. Yeah. They're still like. George Lucas is still a good writer and he knows symbolism and he knows all of that stuff. So he uses it. And I, when you say that, I do actually thinking about that. Cause obviously not a lot of people sat down and analyzed that. Fucking movie. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are just like, that movie sucks. Right. Jar Jar Binks is a dick. <laughs> Fuck that movie. <laughs> but I do think like, as, as you say that now that I think about it, I think that is the moment. That's the moment of like, 
He's leaving everything behind, and he's lost. Right. And I think cold reflects being frozen, and like we were saying before, it's like like Joel. Right. I think the cold and Joel reflects of him being lost and not knowing what he wants in life. Right. And Anakin is the same way. He he doesn't know what he wants in life. He 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 does. He's just this lost Jedi who's like. He loves his mom and he doesn't want to leave her. He falls in love with a woman and he's not supposed to because he's a Jedi. He, he doesn't know what the fuck he wants right. in, in life. He wants to be this master Jedi, but he also wants to be the most powerful Jedi of all time. And he wants to stick it in everyone's face and be like, see, I fucking got you. He's just, he's a lost soul. And I think that's the, I actually think that he meant it to be like, he's cold. He's lost. Right. And this is Anakin. Yep. And this is the beginning of his madness is the beginning of his downward spiral yeah it's it's interesting uh how these movies are very connected um but i'm glad we chose eternal sunshine of the spotless mind to reflect this because it hit on almost like i was thinking about a bunch of different movies and it hits on every like aspect of cold that i could try to think of (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, yeah. I mean, I'm glad we chose that movie because of that. Yeah, I am too. I think it was when I turned it on and I watched like the first few scenes, I'm just like, wow, it's already there. They definitely did this on purpose right. and they knew what they were doing. You know, it wasn't like some like accident that they just had to film in the cold. It was like they right. knew they wanted to film in the cold. This movie had to be in the cold. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Uh, so those are uh, those are other movies that use cold. I think we should. We had this idea, and I guess we're not introducing things very well because we're kind of just jumping around. It's a new thing, but we had the idea of just saying kind of fun facts about the movies that we talk about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We. I tried to put one in, but <laughs> I didn't do a very good job of it but we'll figure this out later yeah, as we yeah. move along because this is something that we're just starting out doing yeah so. we're trying to get more um, of a um uh a structured type of uh a podcast yeah. um and yeah. one of the things i mean it's hard it is it's just hard because you you talk about things and you get passionate about it so it's hard to like exactly pivot into something else when your like brain is set on explaining something you know it's like okay well let's pivot this and do a fun fact it's like no i can't really think that way it is tough yeah so we might we might try because it is interesting to learn a little bit more about the film that you didn't know and i i I do think that we did do an all right job of doing that anyways despite not having like a ton of these side facts i i Mm -hmm. I think we did talk about things that you wouldn't generally think about when watching eternal sunshine of the spotless mind so yeah i i I think that in and of itself is important because you can really look up any uh uh, you can look up facts anyways if you really want to know but it is nice to spice it up if we could did you if you don't know did you read one that you really uh the one that i really like is just when and I, I already told you about this, but when they yeah. go to the parade, it was in like another fact that I read. This, I guess, this coincides with another fact is uh, the director, Michael Gondry or Michelle Gondry. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm messing that up to anybody who 
knows. Uh, uh, but um, he likes to be spontaneous. So in that moment, that parade that's going on just happened to be while they were around the area and they were like, shit, this is a good opportunity for us to film just a little moment. And they, so they went to the parade and it's just, it, all of that stuff is actually happening. Like that's just something, a spur of the moment. Like they, they didn't, they didn't set up all the parade or anything. That was an actual parade that they hmm. wouldn't film that. Yeah. Which is just, to me, it's just cool because someone saw that and was like, dude, this would play perfect in our film. Yeah. And it does. It's just a really amazing moment between them. It's, I think it's a really important moment between them because they're, like, so happy in that moment. And I think it's a moment that Joel sees and he doesn't want to lose that fucking moment at all. You right. Know? That, yeah, that was that, – that is a really interesting fact. I, I, I like when uh, directors are that spontaneous that they can actually mm. do that because that, that brings some realism hard. to the film itself. Yeah, and it's hard when you have – especially after watching that movie, it's, it had to be hard because there are so many ideas and you don't want to fuck up your idea. Right, exactly. You know, and if you, if you are really spontaneous, it's easy to fuck up because you're just like in the moment, you're like, this might work. And then it definitely doesn't work and you just fucked everything up and you wasted everyone's time, you know? Yeah. But in that moment it worked and that's why I really like it. But I do, like you said, I think those, and that's, they're worth trying because when they work, they're amazing oh, yeah. because they feel so real because they're probably, it, it does make it more real because I'm sure Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, when they were there, were actually enjoying themselves watching this parade. Sure. You know, and being like, whoa, this is a fucking great parade, and it allows them to get closer. Right, exactly. It's just a really cool thing. Yeah, it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on that, I guess we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah. So if you have any other movies that you've seen uh, that you think reflect cold pretty pretty well, obviously we, we hit on a few, but there might be one where you're like, what the shit? Why didn't they talk about this fucking movie? It's all about cold. Well, then let us know because uh, we'd like to know as well. I mean, we... we uh, when we're discussing movies, um, we, we do a little research um, beforehand, uh, but we like to try to make our ideas a bit genuine as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I try very hard not to research like any meanings of a film right. before I try to talk about it because I want it to feel authentic. I want it to be my idea. Right. Because then when you bring an idea, and, like, I think our ideas were different. Yeah, I think so, too. For this movie. Which is great. But they both work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they get you thinking, and that's why I like it. Because if we just go and look stuff up, we're going to come with the same fucking ideas because we're going to probably read the same damn article or something. Exactly, you know? exactly. Um, so, yeah, if, if you know of a movie, because we haven't seen all the movies in, in the damn world. I, I mean... I Steve's definitely seen more movies than I have, um, and this is one movie that we just randomly we came to. I don't even know how we just popped you know, into I, this movie. Well, it, I, well, it was, was ha- it's just a happy accident. 
But yeah, uh, I think what happened was I we said let's do cold in film, and then we're like we didn't have the movie that we definitely wanted to do because we already kind of talked about movies that like The Shining and that's true. Um, you know, misery, uh, we talk, we, the thing, misery, yep. hateful eight. We kind of talked about in the thing episode. So it was like, what are we going to do? And then I looked over at my, all the movies that I owned and I just saw that. And I just started thinking like, well, it takes place. They go on like the, the frozen lake is the image. And it's just like, it has to mean like, I just started thinking about it and I was like, it has to mean something. And now I wanted to look into it because I had never done that before. I feel you had erased your mind, and it had just come to the forefront, mm. came back. It did. We it actually had already done, the, done this episode before, and we erased it out of our mind. That could have happened. <laughs> um, all right, so on that note, yeah, feel free to um, email us again. Uh, what's the email again? It's uh, realbrothers at gmail.com, which is real is, is spelled R-E-E-L. So, so yeah, feel free to email us. Also, we do have Instagram, which is the formula of film mm-hmm. on Instagram. So just look up the formula of film and follow us on Instagram and you can leave comments on my posts and you can let give you can let me know. Like if you have, send me a just send me a message on Instagram too cuz you can private send a private private DM. Yeah. And if you have any ideas and if you or if you just want to have a discussion with me, feel free. I'm Right. I'm more than happy to discuss. I, I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think on that note, cool. I would say thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. And um, I'm not sure what we're – oh, so actually I am sure what we're going to do in our <laughs> next episode. Our next episode will probably be our favorite movies of, of 2018. Yeah, just like a little Academy Awards kind of an academy Awards. not really an hopefully, academy Awards. hopefully fuck not. the academy awards yeah no i agree actually <laughs> fuck the, that bullshit they're not gonna do they're not gonna do it right we're gonna fucking do it yeah right. we're gonna do come it come and listen to our sh- fucking podcast this is the real awards because we're gonna give <laughs> the rightful movies their due time yes exactly the ones that probably aren't gonna win <laughs> They never. Yeah, they'll probably win something, but not what we want them to win. (laughs) No, definitely not. All right. On that note, see you guys. Yeah. See you later. Oh my god! Oh my god! My head. This is miserable. Ugh. What what day is it? Oh, oh it's, it's Sunday. Okay. Huh. What am I gonna do today? Eh, might as well make it a lazy Sunday. Hmm. Uh. Oh, I'll start by watching a movie. Let's see what Netflix has. Hmm. Uh. Spider Man. Nah, I, I don't want to watch any superhero movies. Uh, okay, there's Bad Boys 2. I ain't seen Bad Boys 2 before, but nah, that's, that's fine. But I kind of want to watch a, a cop comedy movie. That sounds pretty good. 
Oh. Hot fuzz. I feel like I've heard of that before. Huh. I'll, I'll check it out. It's got Simon Pegg in it. And, I mean, I really like that guy. He's uh, in Mission Impossible. That was pretty good. Let me, uh, let me grab my uh, kettle corn and beer because that's the best way to enjoy a movie and get started. Special commendations. Actually, 